Private Eyes Podcast episode, Eric Boyette. Hey, everyone. You guys are in for a great treat today. This is awesome. Normally, I have a private investigator on who tells us some stories about some of the wildest situations they've been in as a private investigator. Today, we're going to talk about some stories that Eric, some, some things that we got into together when we were rookie PIs all the way back in 2001. Uh, some really funny case situations that we got ourselves into, mainly me um, and, and my mistakes, but um, really funny stuff involving some dairy cows, some horrible undercover names, getting lost on trail uh, train tracks. I mean, it's this, this, this case has everything. Uh, so first I want to introduce you all to uh, Eric Boyette. Like I said, he's been a private investigator since 2001. We actually started at the same company in the same training class. Back then we were working for this big crazy company. They were hiring so many people at once. We even spent two weeks together in a training class and we barely knew each other because there were so many people in these classes. But we both ended up moving to similar areas and we ended up working a lot of two-man surveillance cases together. So, Eric, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's fun. Something a little different while we're, uh, you know, dealing with the quarantine. That's why I'm in the car right now. I got four kids and homeschooling, like uh, – you name it. So I came out here to hide from them. Nice. So you're not on surveillance, just trying to get some peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My surveillance days are over, actually. So uh, uh, this is a nice trip down memory lane for me. So fun. Nice. Well, like I said, man, we want to talk about one, just one of many cases that we work together where we got into all kind of shenanigans out there. Um, as you know, you know, we're not going to get into too much detail, but it's been so long, you know, in, in the circumstances of this case are pretty generic. But uh, the way I remember it, we, it this was a, a regular injury claim, probably workers comp, possibly a disability or some type of injury claim where the client was suspicious that the person was fully capable of working and maybe doing some side jobs and things like that. Back before we called them side hustles, I guess they were just called part-time jobs. <laughs> but I remember it starting in South Carolina. And no. the guy didn't live at the first place, but it started from day one, it got rough. We, I think I was in the woods on day one and in camo and doing the whole thing where I'm going to creep up on the back of this guy's house and his rural property and – Things seemed okay in the beginning, but I think this is where it got interesting when they let their dogs out to use the bathroom out back, and they took notice of me ASAP. <laughs> I remember yeah, high, yeah, I so, never. And we were in, uh, this was like the mountain region kind of, right? Like we were, there were some uh, mountains up there, and well, for Refresh my memory a little bit, though. The dogs came out. What, what happened there? Yeah, the first place that we thought he was still living at was some relative's house. I'm in the woods out back waiting to see if I can get a glimpse of him so we can confirm that he's there. They let a couple dogs out uh, in the back, and one of them immediately was aware that I was that something was in the woods that he wanted to uh, explore, and he just started barking running back towards the tree line where I was at. I just remember 
hightailing it out of there as fast as I could, uh, having no idea how I had even get, gotten in there. I think I probably trekked like half a mile, three quarters of a mile to even get to the back of that tree line. And I ran into like a, a thin kind of like chicken wire fence, which hadn't been there on the way in. So obviously I was running back out a different direction that I had run back in. But that was just the beginning of that case because he, he didn't end up living there and we had to do some other stuff and I'll, I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah, we were in the woods between like near the border, like South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, man, I, I have a hard time with that part because I don't think I was with you in the woods at that time. Right, you were in the car and I was but in the woods. Maybe I was waiting to pick you up. Mm -hmm. What I do remember is that we were rookies and we had not been doing this very long so yes, we as, I, as I think about it I'm just like man like for so many times we were in the same car instead of using like multiple routes of departure and different tactics that we probably would now but um man that's hilarious so what I remember very clearly though is that we had all these multiple places we were watching this guy and that we were so excited to be in the woods and you know as any investigators listening know, like usually your excitement is some guy walked down and checked his mail. So for this guy to be running all over the county or whatever, we were loving it. And we had gotten out together and trekked through the woods to another property because he, he was running a business, like, you know, doing other people's yards. So he went to this other property. We both are bored to death. So we both go in the woods to go after him. And I don't know, we documented him back there for a while and it became obvious yeah. he was going to wrap, yeah. he was wrapping up. Yep. So we were, I said, I'm going to go to the car and I'll wait for you. Cause for whatever reason we were in the same car, which was silly, but I'm like, all right, I'm going back to the car. You just call me when he's actually got the trailer loaded up. You're going to get all that footage and I'll be ready. But yep. you called me and you said, <laughs> okay, he's trekking out. I'm on the way and I knew I mean you had a good five ten minute you know dash to get to where I was so I'm like well hurry up because if he comes by I gotta leave you and you called me back five minutes later and you're like dude I don't know where I'm at like <laughs> there's a railroad track here where am I from you and this was I don't know I guess there was google maps but I don't think we had like mobile data in the car because i said right i don't know what right. i don't know right. what you're talking about there's no railroad track anywhere in this vicinity that i'm aware of so <laughs> i told you 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 told you said hey blow your horn so i can tell what direction you are i did blow the horn and you're like yeah i don't hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the worst man like, I remember us getting so much good video of this guy. Like, he was yeah. mowing yards and doing all kinds of landscaping and everything, and we got him operating the big mower and <clears throat> other equipment and trimming and hedge, hedges. And uh, I just remember being so focused on that yeah, and so excited yeah. that when he was packing up, I just turned around whatever position I was in those woods, and I just started running to where I thought you were. <laughs> And yeah, coming up on some train well, tracks, a, definitely realizing I was completely lost, not being able to even hear you. I mean, I, I, I must have literally ran in like a 90 degree direction away from where we had come in. Um, 
But like you said, man, being rookies, I was I was just so excited. We had found him, gotten that video of him. I mean, we totally, you know, because that was, you know, a few days after, you know, we had looked for him in South Carolina. The dogs chased me out of there. Um, you know, we had done some uh, pretext calls and undercover work to try to find out where he was. And, and I think that house ended up being in North Carolina when we were getting the video and I got lost. And then I, I, I think you just had to leave me, right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't hear the <laughs> horn, brother. Like, I'm like, I don't know where you are. So, you know, we had cell phones. I'm like, I'm going after him and I'll come back for you. And I think I tailed him to another place and got a little footage of him like unloading his stuff. And then I came back for you. So you weren't <laughs> lost in the woods for too long, but uh, that went on and off because he was so active and, and occasionally, I mean, you guys know, like it was not, it's never perfect. Like the guy, we would lose him here and there. We're in the mountains, we're in these rural areas. So then it was like, all right, well, can we wait in town for him to go by? Can we call back to the house or whatever? And I remember you're talking about pretexting in particular. <laughs> and again, we were green because this is not meant to be embarrassing, but... <laughs> He was on the phone with this guy's mom telling her some line about, you know, hey, I'm trying to catch up with him, I'm supposed to help him out with a job today or who knows what. It sounded like it was going pretty well until she was kind of like, who, who is this again? Like she didn't recognize your name or your accent or something. And we're in my Ford Taurus surveillance vehicle and Ski's like, this is John. And you look down and the first thing you saw was the old Ford emblem and you were like, John. John Ford. <laughs> and I think oh she literally God. mocked you. Yes. Because you, you kind of yes. hung up, but you, are, you are, already had the goods. You already had the goods. So we, we were able to pick him up again. Yeah, that was but the man, funny part. Like, I, I, I probably, uh, rookie, rookie move, stayed on that call too long. I already had what we needed. Yeah. And uh, I let her kind of take control of the call, which was hilarious because I – I remember saying yeah. it like so stupid. Like she said, who is this? And I was just like, John. <laughs> and then she said, John who? And then I look around. That's the only thing I saw. I guess it was either Ford. I would have either been John Ford or John Torres. That was my <laughs> two choices. John, John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when I told her John Whoa. Ford, I hesitated so long in between saying it, too. She, she called me out on it. She's yeah. like, all right, John, I'll let him know you call. <laughs> so I think at that point we were a little concerned that the gig was going to be up that she was going to potentially get a hold of him. Obviously he had a claim, you know, claimants are so savvy with like, you know, anything suspicious can set them off and they'll become recluses for days at a time. Um, but we learned where he was. Mm -hmm. And I remember the house, man, talk about a terrible setup is so rural. There was like a embankment in the front. So there was no real shot there. And there's a cow pasture, kind of, like the house is kind of on the edge of a cow pasture with nothing. So it's like sit on the road with a terrible shot or uh, enter into the back area with this cow pasture. Obviously with owner's written permission, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we went through the cow pasture again together because we're a couple of greenhorns and we just wanted to hang out together. This is the most exciting thing. 
and but it's a pasture like there's a, there's a fences you can see through a couple of trees and some cattle and this guy's right in the back of the yard and you <laughs> literally stood behind a cow with putting your camera up over the cow's back <laughs> to get the shots and i just never will forget that yeah i, I think, mean i was uh, a little nervous about the cow next to us oh yeah i mean again we we were we were rookies we were trying to impress not only the clients but you know our bosses we you know like i said we work for a big company we we never wanted to call and say hey this circumstance is why i can't get video so i remember looking back at that location and it was like literally a working dairy farm and they had so <laughs> many cows back there and any of you who know anything about dairy cows they just all stand around together and they do their business that's all they do all day long they have nothing to do all day long and i just remember having to make that commitment like the first step i made into that pasture it was like that's it i'm committed to these sneakers being ruined and i'm committed to the disgusting nature of what i'm about to get into but i didn't care i i wanted that video and yeah i remember standing there with my camera like over the back of the cow and the cow just started going just started pissing like you never seen before and cows pee gallons at him at him per minute like yes. on the audio it's just like niagara falls going off next to you <laughs> and i'm feeling this splash on my leg i got shorts on my sneakers are i think i started filming you at that point because i just knew the people at the office weren't gonna believe it and the great part about it was i mean aside from the terrible parts about being peed on by cows and standing in shit uh the Funny part was that I wanted to make sure that everyone knew where I was for cover behind this cow. So while I'm while I'm shooting the video, I decided to zoom out just enough so you can see the back of the cow <laughs> in the shot because I didn't want anybody to not believe this story. I wanted to make sure that they saw that cow in that video because i'll be damned if i if i didn't go back there and have to go witness through that and experience that and somebody tell me otherwise oh, so yeah crazy. i made sure on the way out we've got some good video with the cows in it but you man, definitely was, got good we definitely had good video and we were still using i believe micro hd cassettes these little cassettes and we had to label each one individually yeah and this yep. was high tech at the time that we had just oh, yeah. upgraded to this from the old school tapes and man i just remember it being a box full of tapes that people they had to go through thank goodness we didn't have to review every bit of that <laughs> um oh man and you know there was another location man i don't remember exactly where i just remember that it was getting to be dusk and he went to a one more house i don't even think he was mowing there it was it was like maybe the final yeah. stop no because at the like yeah at the house that he was um at the house where to, where we shot the video from behind the cow was um he was cleaning the pool and the great oh. part about the video was that he's supposed to have some kind of shoulder injury and it was an above ground pool, but he was standing at the ground level and reaching over and like 
vacuuming yeah, yeah. the pool and like skimming it out and all this kind of stuff. So it was great video. Um, there, there was no other way to get that video other than the way we did it. And I challenge the idea that anyone else would have gone back there and done what we did and stood behind, you know, dairy cows and sacrificed footwear to get that video. <laughs> oh man. Well, where there was another night or one of the evenings where, cause I don't remember if that was the last stop or not, but I remember one of his e- evening stops, maybe it was even back at his original house and it was dusk and there was no set up on the house. And I rolled, I rolled by this place and literally just slowed down and you rolled out of my car to get in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Because I think, yeah, this was another family member's house that he went to. And yeah, it was just, it was just after dark or right, right around sunset. And they were having like a bonfire or something in the, in the back of the property. And I had the brilliant idea that, yeah, I'll be able to sneak back there and, shoot video of them which i don't know why at that point we had so much on this guy and we've only got 10 hours of footage of this guy yeah. let me get 30 more seconds of him walking into his house right and and to think you're going to go on some private property in some rural area and just sneak back onto their property and obtain video like i don't know what we were thinking back then dude like we we wanted every second of video we could get I don't think you even were getting in his yard. You were just trying to set up in from the ditch, like the right yeah. way where you could film a little. But man, yeah, yeah, not the, not our best idea, probably considering what we already had. <laughs> and and we never got risky. anything back there. <laughs> we never. <laughs> All I did was sit in the hey, ditch man, for half an hour. Me. Yeah, exactly. Mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh. I don't, I don't know if that was the same, because I remember that that neighborhood that old it was a dirt road and yeah you just slowed down i rolled out into the ditch got behind this little tree line i was in the shadows there was nowhere for me to go though what it was a bad idea like you said the funny part was i think that was the same case where the the next time we came back into that same neighborhood saw a little red light going like this down the road while we were heading up the dirt road heading towards us was this little tiny red light bouncing around and we got real close before we realized they were filming us <laughs> oh i was I like yeah got, i know we got burned on that case but i couldn't remember which one it was yeah yeah that was the house where we finally just... knew like that's it we've got everything we're going to get on this guy there's nothing he's going to be able to do to deny this uh, activity he's been up to. But, man, that yeah. was uh, – I mean, that was that was crazy time, man, because when we started, the, the way I remember, we started our PI careers, and we were at the same company, and we started in late August. And I remember, you know, it was just a few weeks before September 11th, which – kind of changed the whole dynamic of going out and doing surveillance for quite a bit of time. I mean, even though the the attacks were in major metropolitan areas in New York and in DC and in the other plane oh, yeah. that went down in Pennsylvania was destined for DC, 
it didn't matter where we were. The most rural areas, <laughs> small towns, everybody thought that they were a target for attack. And I just remember that whole first, you know, that whole first like six months after 9-11, like everybody noticed your vehicle. It was so hard to get any setup, even the perfect setup you thought you had, somebody would be knocking at your door or somebody would call the police and they'd come out even when you check in. Man, that was uh the only thing I would think would be worse would be trying to do it now. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to get some information out of someone at their door right now? They're like, yeah, I'm not uh, not talking to you. You can go away. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea. So I feel for you guys. Anybody out there in the field right now, like hats off because that's got to be even tougher than usual right now. Yeah, not a lot of people uh... – accepting of people knocking on their doors right now unannounced and uninvited (laughs) oh man yeah and and, dude that's it's so crazy i mean that's just one of the many stories of of times we got ourselves into some situations because like you said man we were rookies we were green we didn't a combination of like not knowing what you're doing but also trying to impress on every single case, not even every single case, every individual situation on every single case. And so, yeah, we, we had our, our fair share of, uh, uh, of issues, <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. We'll have to uh, talk about another one or two soon. I got a few come to mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I'll definitely have you on again. We got plenty of great stories to tell. I really appreciate you being on and this, um, this is great, man. This is going to uh, be a unique uh, podcast versus some of the other ones where other people are just telling their stories, man. Cause you and I got so many stories to tell that we worked on cases together out there and um, this is just one of them. So I'll definitely have you on again, man. I appreciate you coming on today. For sure. For sure. Well, uh, have a good one then. Yeah, I appreciate you broadcasting from your surveillance vehicle, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later.